A couple hundred years ago, the only thing you had to worry about was a hangover. Tell me you're an investigator. More or less. Today, because of your curse thingy, you can't sleep with anyone. I'm your boss. Or else you might feel a moment of true happiness. You got already an addiction to the brooding part of life. Lose your soul. Except for the bulk of that, where I was nearly tortured to death. Becoming built again. Your demon hunt. Rogue demon hunt. And kill everyone. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Thanks, Cornelia. I always appreciate you. Hello! Good meowning. Yes, meowning. It's meowning. Raptor noon. <laughs> Welcome to A with Angel. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. And on today's episode, we're reviewing Angel Season 2, Episode 12, Blood Money. I don't need your blood money. Actually, I do. Is, is that a thing? Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh. I, I, I would accept blood money. Yeah. yeah. What? It's money. I need money. 30 pieces of silver. <laughs> All I have to do is sell out my best friend. Where do I sign? I don't think I'd sell out my best friend. Yeah. You know, like the whole story of Judas and Jesus really razzes me. I'm like, that was a dick move, Judas. Well. Kind of a dick. It also possibly didn't actually happen. So, you know. I'm sure it didn't. <laughs> At least not the way that Andrew Lloyd Webber would have us believe. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, Friday, we're recording this on a Sunday, and Friday was my birthday. I'm now 38. Ha! <laughs> you old bastard. You're not long behind me, buddy. I know. <laughs> no, I got some uh, Brothers Bond bourbon. Hand-selected batch. It's pretty good. And let me tell you, it'll take the goddamn paint off your stomach lining. <laughs> It is, uh, it's a, it's a bit harsher than I'd normally go for. Tasty, though. But it is tasty. It's, hmm. it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's not as smooth as, uh, most of the Irish whiskeys I like. It's at least as tasty as the paint I'm trying to get out of my stomach. <laughs> yes. Also drinking a Cabin Fever Brown Ale by New Holland. Yes. Appropriate. Which is leftovers from my birthday. It all comes back to your birthday. Well, to me, the most important day is the day that I was fucking born. I because, can see you that. know, without that, none of this exists for me. You would have no perception of anything at all. Yeah, exactly. That's fair. Exactly. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in celebrating your birthday. And I do. Me too. I am a very firm believer that you should celebrate my birthday. <laughs> and I do. So yeah, anyway, speaking of blood money. What about it, Rex? Our blood money. Oh, yeah, we get lots of blood money <laughs> from all you bloody little doodle-doos out there. Why don't we name each one of them off, specifically? Let's start with Taylor Jordan Guy, Cubby the Seal, Mr. Tabalicious, Sandra Craig, Jay Sommer, Catherine Parkinson, Karen Moon, Chris V-Man, Catrick J. Fur, Scarlet Choi, quote and quotables for $1,000, please, Alex. You forgot to change it, see? Get on that. <laughs> Andy Burgess, K. Fronome, Father DeFinistrato, Matthew and DeBurr, Kelly M.C., Jesse Rain, and Carrie Phillips. Thank you so very much. Without you, this show literally is not possible. Thank you for being odd doodle-doos. Yes! And for putting up with me calling you doodle-doos. <laughs> well, 
They they must like something about it because they're still here. <laughs> yep. Hey, if you want to be like a doodle do, although you'll never be as good as a doodle do, I don't know where I'm going with this. You should review <laughs> us on iTunes. Yes. And uh, then we'll love you just as much as a doodle do, only without the money part. Yeah. You can be a yeah. doodle do honorarily. It could be argued that. Giving us iTunes reviews helps us just as much as paying us. Absolutely. Uh, we have yet another um, star-only rating on iTunes, which we appreciate. That's what yeah. I appreciates about you. Yeah. And it still makes me sad when I see a star rating where we didn't get a written review, but, you know, it doesn't, doesn't make me so sad that I don't want those star ratings. So keep right, doing what right. you're doing, and I'm going to shut up and move on. It occurs to me, by the way, that uh, there might be an aspect of this that we didn't foresee, and we might have people out there who want to review us, but don't want to write a review because they don't want us to read it on the air. Oh, double-edged sword. So, hey, if you do want to write us a review, and you don't just want to do the, the star review, you can write us a review just, you know... Let us know you don't want us to read it on the air. If Write you don't it want in to. the review that you don't want us yeah. to read it on the air. And I guess we won't. And we'll judge you silently. I, I won't. I, I don't judge people. I will I will howl it to the moon and then cry myself to sleep. <laughs> You're going to do that anyway. Yeah, but, you know, I'll throw their name in there while I'm at it. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yep, yep, yep. Hey, you know, we haven't done this thing in a while that we we've used to do on the show where we would answer voicemails. Yeah, it's been a minute. It, it's been a minute. I mean, to be fair, we've we've only gotten voicemails from one person, the infamous Crystal River Sam. We literally have a backlog of approximately a baker's dozen <laughs> voicemails from yeah. Crystal River Sam. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna compromise here. Yes, <laughs> Crystal River Sam, Madam of Many Monikers. <laughs> we're just gonna respond to your most recent voicemail, and uh, and then if you could let us know which one was the last one that we aired, so that I can figure out which ones we still need to respond to, and we'll try and prep. For next episode or a couple episodes down the road, and we're gonna do a Crystal River Sam omnibus <laughs> and just knock out any points that we actually feel like responding to in one quick fell swoop because it's way too much to actually tackle all of them yeah. full scale yeah. anymore. <laughs> and that's why it's been so long since we've done one. It's just too daunting of a task. And I I blame you, K Fronome. Well, and uh, it, it's also kind of our fault because we, we've been having kind of a bad habit of uh, having to do these recordings when we're we're already kind of worn out for the day. Yeah, and, sure. And generally we're like, hey, you know what? We'll do it later. Yeah, speaking of, <laughs> that's uh, one of the main points that Kefro Gnome brings up in her voicemail. Um, I'm just going to say real quick, next week we have to name a cat for C in quotes, a.k.a. Quote and quotables for a thousand dollars, please, Alex. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so we're gonna do that, and then maybe the week after that, we'll do the Crystal River Sam omnibus. Anyway, here's the edited version of Kfronome's voicemail. Bleep. Hey, Rex. Hey, Josh. Josh, you sound tired as fuck, sir. I'm worried about you, my friend. My God. I hope you're okay. You seemed out of gas, <laughs> and it's. 
so weird because you're so usually gas-filled. <laughs> ha ha. <laughs> also, Drusilla was fucking, like, delightful as fuck. Juliet Landau is, is, is very, very delightful in that <laughs> She's still up and, like, doing stuff nowadays. Uh, she put out a movie. I can't even remember what the fuck it was, but it was good. Uh... <laughs> I, I really hope I'm not going to go to the shop and not see handcuffs and shit cause, um, and dildos. And I, I'm going to be real upset, my friend. I would buy that shit. I would like a horse cock dildo with beer with Buffy on it, please. Anyway, I'll go find that movie when I'm not stuck in traffic because I ain't Googling that shit in here. <laughs> uh, Later. All right, bullet points, quick. So, yes, tired. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I'm always a little more tired than uh, I have been because I feel like once I ticked over to 35, <laughs> my goddamn metabolism just swan-dived. But also, that particular day that you're referring to, I'd been up a really long time. For me, for old me, yeah, young me, I used to literally hang out <laughs> at a coffee shop that was 24-7, and I didn't know enough to go home until I saw the same barista come back for <laughs> another shift. God, I remember those days. Yeah. That, that was where we met. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I got so much work done on my computer in that amount of time. Yeah, but now nothing, fucking nothing is open 24 hours. Yeah, literally fucking nothing. Even the things that say they're open 24 hours, you go there and they're just not. Yeah. It's fucking obnoxious. Which, you know, would bother me if I could fucking do that anymore. But as previously said, I'm 38. Yeah, we're old. <laughs> anyway, something about Juliet Landau. I th yeah. believe Rex looked some shit up about um, the movie she supposedly did. Yeah, so you mentioned a movie she did recently, but... Yeah, we're um, doing your legwork for you. Yeah. Um, the only two movies I have that she did recently that she acted in was a horror movie called A Terror of Hollow's Eve, and then uh, one before that, The Bronx Bull. Hmm. I don't know either of these movies. Um, she played a bigger part in the horror movie, hmm. but also like it was not a big movie release or anything. It, it was a film project or something like that. So it went to the film film festival circuit mm -hmm. and then went to Redbox. So yeah, it went to Redbox and it, it is not available for streaming anywhere that I can see. And the Bronx Bowl looks like she didn't play a very big part in. The only other movie that I think sh that she could be talking about is uh, Place Among the Dead, which is actually a documentary that Juliet Landau made. Hmm. It's about the cultural obsession with vampires and the and how that relates to the human psyche. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Um, I think honestly, Josh, you would really particularly like it because it specifically has to do with narcissism. Ah, yes. And you've always had kind of a fascination with narcissism due to the fact that you have lived with narcissists. Yes. Yes. I consider myself a amateur expert on narcissism. Uh, the the downside to this movie, or sorry, this documentary, is that you can't watch it. Yeah, that's you can't rent it. Problematic. You can't buy it. You best. can't stream it. Huh? It is not available anywhere. It released in 2020, but who the fuck knows what what's going to happen with it now? I'm fairly certain 
if we wait until Edgar's asleep and we just tug on his tail, it'll turn on the projector in his eyes and we can watch it on the wall. Um, He's a very talented cat. Anyway, Crystal, you head right on over to the Beer with Buffy store. I don't think you'll be disappointed at all. It's going to be just filled with handcuffs and dildos <laughs> and horse cocks with our logo on it and nothing else. Our logo and your name. You should Google that while you're driving. Actually, no, I mean... D- d- don't Google that. <laughs> don't Google that while you're driving. Here with Buffy does not condone texting and driving. So, you know how we listen to the episodes before we release them? Sure. Uh, when I reviewed this episode that we mentioned the Beer with Buffy branded bondage gear, <laughs> um, my partner Caitlin was like, I'd buy some of that. So out of curiosity... I looked it up. Uh-oh. Whips. Ball gags. We're not stopping at horse cocks. Well, you will be sad because I could not find anywhere that would do logo branded bondage gear. Well, unfortunately. Um. Damn it. That was supposed to be the punchline. <laughs> yeah. I know. I wish. I wish. I wish. It would be hilarious. But. More than anything. Apparently, people don't want to put. Like stamped and painted brands on things that will go in body places, like body orifices. You know, and, I was wondering whatnot. how that and, would work. And like, there's there's fluids involved with a lot of that stuff. And yeah. could we come up with something that just harmlessly imprints our logo on somebody's body? <laughs> I think those are called stamps. Okay. Yeah. There. <laughs> <laughs> Or just a straight up... A branding iron? Yeah, branding iron. Oh my god. Yeah, Beer with Buffy branding (laughs) iron. We got this. Oh god. (laughs) You know... Tell you what, first person to get a Beer with Buffy (laughs) logo tattoo. Doesn't matter where you are in the world, we will fly to you. Yes, we fucking will. And buy you dinner. (laughs) Yes, we fucking will. Dinner and a movie. Both of us. And you know what? Extra points if you live in another country where we can fucking stay. Because... You know, that'd be great. <laughs> that would be great. That'd be great. <laughs> you better have our goddamn stapler when we get there. <laughs> My stapler. And you better be ready for some obscure 20 to 30 year old movie references. Because <laughs> that's about all we got. <laughs> <laughs> if you made it this far in the podcast, you expect nothing less or more of us. <laughs> And that's, that's just fine. Well, I'd say that seals up that voicemail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On to the, the last step of our opening, the mom synopsis. Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Well, just trying to finish my fucking taxes. That's nice, Joshua. Are you still broke and living in my basement playing video games and drinking all the time? I've never lived in your basement. Never mind that you tried to make me live down there when we moved in here. And in fact, I work nearly full time without benefits and have accrued some significant savings and even have some promising crypto investment. Don't even finish that sentence, Joshua. Next thing I know, you'll tell me your online dating profile picture is of you holding a fish you caught. 
Actually, you made me throw back the only fish I ever caught. <laughs> You're a loser, Joshua. <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> well, if I could just figure out how to account for crypto on my taxes, I'd... Oh, Joshua, you always were a dull boy. I had such high hopes I'd have a son who's a doctor or a lawyer. Uh, well, speaking of lawyers, actually. But instead, I got a millennial. An entitled loaf of yeastless pumpernickel. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's really not fair. Why pumpernickel? Because you pumped me for all my nickels, Joshua. <laughs> okay. Okay. Phrasing, first of all, Mom. <laughs> Second of all. I really do have my own damn money covered in the blood of your poor, wretched old mother's hard work and dedication to feeding you and putting a roof over your head. It's blood money, Joshua, blood money. <laughs> Funny you should say that, because that's actually the, the title of the ep. Shut up, Joshua. Take your blood money and launder it. It's filthy. <laughs> you you mean that literally don't you you mean literally put it in the washer and dryer don't you what other kind of laundering is there joshua you're like a vampire bleeding me dry of all my earthly resources and even more of my worldly wherewithal you're unclean you must expel your demon <laughs> You, the vampire, must fight that demon over a completely metaphorical bag of money just to see which one wins. It's the only way, Joshua. Well, all right, Ma. But only if it's the only way. I'll just be in my room expelling my demons. Don't be gross, Joshua. Just doing what you told me to do, Mom. You're highly inappropriate sometimes, Joshua. <laughs> Only sometimes. Well, fuck. I'll try harder. <coughs> so, wow. Fucking <coughs> Christ. <laughs> I gotta say, you guys. Oh, God. I gotta say, that conversation uh. sure reminded me of something relevant. Oh, I know. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's just like today's episode of Ale uh. with Angel. Because in today's episode, Angel is tracking down a woman named Anne who runs a troubled teens shelter. But he's learned of some suspicious activity by Wolfram and Hart, who are supporting Anne's shelter and even running a charity ball to raise a goal of $2 million. But Angel tells her he has proof that they will find a way to steal all but a measly 5% of that money. Meanwhile, Angel is being tracked by an old nemesis, some big-ass demon named Boone, who just wants to see if he's a better fighter than Angel. He just has to know... Boone tracks down Angel through his new informant, Merle, leading him to Wolfram and Hart, who quickly agrees to help him assassinate Angel. So when Anne refuses to say no to Wolfram and Hart's blood money, Angel has to find his own way into the fundraiser event to shut down the evil Lindsay and Lila. After a scuffle between Boone and Angel interrupts the flow of the evening, Lindsay and Lila make fools of themselves by falling for Angel's bluff. 
a fake tape that he planted in the hands of Anne, who apparently agreed to help expose Wolfram and Hart anyway, even after she said no. Oh, and Boone is totally working on Angel's side, too. What a whirlwind of twists. So Lindsay and Lila get their asses handed to them by their boss. Boone returns the money to Angel, and Angel gives it right back to Anne. So she gets 100% of the blood money. Literally. It's covered in Boone's blood. But it's also a metaphor, probably. The end. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. As soon as the sun goes down, down, down. That synopsis literally hurt. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's my ab workout for the week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that part of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's it it like it hurt approximately as much as the episode, I imagine. The bit before the actual synopsis, that was... Right. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was that funny. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Was, it. No, it was... That was particularly funny. <laughs> oh, that hurt. You know, I always have to decide, am I going to tap into something that's actually going on currently in my life, or am I just going to go for some weird, completely fake parallel to the episode? And this one, I said, why not both? Why not? Yeah. No shit. Fuck. Oh, that hurts. Cool. Not really. <laughs> but no. I that enjoyed was fucking it. hilarious. Hey, yeah. On with the show. Yeah. Cold open. We start right off with a nice cardboard-flavored jumpstart with a classic Whedon flip. Gunn and Wesley look like they're having a dramatic standoff, but in fact, are just playing the board game Risk. Have you ever played Risk? Mmm, yes. Because the few times I've played Risk, like, sorry, the few times I've played Risk from start to finish... It gets pretty serious. Yes, this is fucking accurate. All right, well, that's fair. I mean, hell, you saw me playing Twilight Imperium. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't exactly even from start to finish. No, it was not. It was from start <laughs> to fuck you. Board games are important. Yes, they are. They are. Who's important? I like board games. Board games are. They are. Yeah, I'm, I'm not disagreeing, Rex. Are you <laughs> listening to the words that are coming out of my mouth? I mean, you sound very sarcastic. I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> it's a real problem I have. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so Cordelia tries to politely give them a hint that she wants them to fuck off by claiming that it's late. But as Wesley points out, it's only 730. So in that case, Cordelia switches to plan B. Hey, guys. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and they decide to fuck the elephant in the room, which is Angel, by the way. But Angel is, in fact, not in the room, nor is he an elephant, which is why they must fuck it. For instance, hear me out. New business cards. Great place to start here. Uh, we get a mini Whedon flip here as Wes and Gunn are geeking out over their own business card ideas, saying, yep. uh, we'll catch you when you fall. As Cordelia literally falls over, looking as though she's having a vision. However, did you notice, Rex? Drop some more things. Just set that down anywhere there, pal. We don't actually get the standard flashy boom boom vision cut. You're and right. So I was fairly certain for a moment that Cordelia just faked a vision to get rid of them. 
Which I think would have been funnier. Yeah. I think that's absolutely where they should have gone with that. And then they didn't. Um, But we don't know that yet. Yeah. She says, hey, there's a two-headed fire-breathing demon in the sewers underneath this Kenyard school for girls. It's really big and scary. And and you shouldn't go alone. Shouldn't go alone specifically. It's too dangerous. Here, take this wooden sword. (laughs) And cut to Angel. Yep. In the L.A. streets, Angel's walking down the street and uh, accidentally bumps into a woman who's carrying a box of clothes. And hey, guess what? We know her. Oh, is it that Anne? It is that Anne. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's just fucking nuts. Now, I was like really confused because they said the name the East Hills Teen Center. And I remembered reading that in the Wikipedia. But... This didn't look like her. And I realized it didn't look like her because her hair is up okay. in a specific way. And it just, like, with the, the darker lighting, it just didn't really resemble her. And I guess she's a couple years older. Well, yeah, she's, she's definitely a, a little older but as Anne well. But Anne was an episode of Buffy, not Angel. Right. So, but she was in L.A. because that was when Buffy fucks yeah. off to L.A. Well, so this character... Who goes by Anne now, which, if you recall, was Buffy's middle name, mm-hmm. because that was the fake name that she gave herself when she ran off to L.A. Okay. after sending Angel to hell. Uh-huh. And at during the end of that escapade, she, she gave the name to Lily. Okay. Who she helped save. That rings a bell. Yeah. And I'm Lily, so glad you caught this because right. I fucking didn't. And specifically, though, Lily had been in another episode of Buffy in season one, I think. Hmm. The one where she ran into the uh, group of vampire worshippers. Oh. She was one of the vampire worshippers. And Buffy and- saved her from death by vampires. And she's canonically the same character? Canonically the same character. Neat. And she's had, like, I think she was like Chantrell or something like that. I uh, I don't remember what her name was in that episode. Started with a C, but yeah, it's all one character. And Oof. this is shit I love. That makes me appreciate this episode 50 times more all of a sudden. Yeah, and that's why later on when she tells Lindsay, I'm not naive. Like, we actually know why she's not naive. Yeah, I was like, oh, honey. I mean, <laughs> okay. But she actually but isn't she naive. She actually isn't all that naive. No, yeah. She knows what vampires are. That makes more sense now. Hmm. Wow. No, it's great. This that is added, this is the shit I like. Yeah, that added so much backstory and Exactly. This uh, is why they need to stop having these one-shot fucking side characters and actually start bringing some other ones back. It's fantastic. I love yeah. this kind of shit. Neat. Anyway, Angel uh seemingly purposefully knocks over this box of clothes she's carrying yep. and just starts pawing through it like the rude bastard he is. And uh, she just seems to love every steamy minute of it, just being stared through by his vacant, (laughs) broody eyes. But alas, she must continue not talking to strangers on the street and get to Uh, wherever the fuck... Sexy strangers on the street. Sexy strangers on the street. And she must get to wherever the fuck it is she's going. Presumably some kind of shelter for wayward teens or something. You know, nothing important. Specifically, (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs) Specifically, East Hills Teen Center. Which, boy, it sure does seem like he's pumping her for information. Yeah. Hmm. 
And turns out it's because he is. Yeah. And he also <laughs> stole her wallet. Yep. We go we go to the hotel where he comes home and we see that he's been stalking her for quite some time. And she has been seen with Lindsay. At the very least for a day because yeah. he has a couple pictures of her with Lindsay. Yeah. And uh, dun, dun, dun. Opening sequence. Yes. Meow, 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 meow. Meow 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 I have scissors. I'm not afraid to use them. Uh, that sounds like assault with a deadly weapon to me. No, I'm just gonna cut paper and throw it at you. Oh, <laughs> is paper not considered a deadly weapon in a court uh, of law? No, I don't think it is. I imagine, like, if it was a lot of paper. What if I stab somebody in the neck with a pen? Um, I don't know. Yeah, what happens to the phrase, the pen is mightier than the sword in that case? Well, I think a, a, that doesn't change the fact that a, the sword is mightier, but... um, Does it make the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade any better? No. That's because it's already perfect. Exactly. There we go. So <laughs> cut to the sewer, where yeah. it turns out there apparently really is... A goddamn fire-breathing two-headed demon in the sewers. Weird. Yeah, so Wesley and Gunn walking through the sewers. They're not particularly happy about it, but, you know, they come across the giant fucking demon who, you know, the tunnel's 20 foot tall and it's crouching. Yeah. My favorite fucking bit of this whole goddamn scene, though, goes to a quote of the day. The thing's standing there and... They're like, oh, we should jump at, we should jump at it, and Wes is like, no, we should wait till it turns around. And they wait a moment, and they're like, okay, go now. And then this big gout of flame comes down the tunnel, mm. and then Gunn says, I thought she said he breathed fire. <laughs> I didn't get that. <laughs> it farted fire. Yeah, that's funny. And hey, fun fact, you can too. <laughs> Hell. <laughs> Just get the spicy sandwich at Jimmy John's instead of the non-spicy one. Just, you know, when you light your farts, don't do it bare ass. <laughs> I have a friend who did that, and he lost all the hair on his ass. Oh. Which, he was a hairy man. It was not an inconsiderable amount of hair. <laughs> See, I was thinking you were going to say the flame went up into his asshole and he got third degree burns on his rectum or something. God, I I don't know, but nor do I want to. <laughs> yeah. Man, who I'd like to run I that also, ER visit. I also, very happily, I might add, was not at the party when that happened. Oh, you didn't see it happen? Because I, I left, and then my friends told me that this happened after I had left. <laughs> and I'm grateful, because like that is that is an ass I would not want to see. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. You wouldn't want to see it either. I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of wrapped that up in uh, you not wanting to see that ass. Yeah. But yeah. Awkward. So uh, anyway, yeah. Turns out Cordy actually had this vision and there was no traditional vision cut. And that's dumb. Yeah. This is me judging that. Poor writing. It would have been funnier if. Need a little consistency here, fellas. No, they should have they should have come to some dude in a costume. <laughs> sure. Or I was still expecting it right up to the point where they talk to her later. 
Like, we've got some more scenes to get through before this actually happens, but fuck it. I'm going oh, to ruin no. it. I was completely expecting her to be like... That would have been so fucking hilarious. To be like, wait, you actually found a two-headed fire-breathing demon? I was lying to get rid of you. That would have been amazing! Wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they totally missed the joke! Completely missed opportunity. Wow! That would have been fucking perfect. Like, that would have been, a, I have to pause the fucking show and laugh for ten minutes. Maybe. For you. I'd have gotten a good chuckle out of it. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it depends. We'll never know. We'll never know. Right. But it would have been a good moment. We can agree on that. I don't want to share my feelings. I don't want to open up. I want to find the guy that killed Tina. And I want to look him in the eye. Then what? Then I'm going to share my feelings. On to Merle's place! Merle! This fucking guy. <laughs> yep. Angel shows up at Merle's place, shaking him down for info. Apparently he's paying him for info. I had a moment where I thought that Merle was the same actor who plays Moist in Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Hmm. Because they are definitely not very similar. I, I can kind of see what where you're going at. I looked up their IMDBs. Obviously, it's not the same actor. But if you do a quick side-by-side -side of... Uh, well, okay, Merle is much older than the guy that played Moist in Dr. Yeah. Horrible. And the guy that played Moist in Dr. Horrible was also... He's been in a lot more stuff, and he was on uh, The Big Bang Theory, yeah. which I hate, but we're not going to get into that. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Not we're a bad not going to get into that. <laughs> not a bad actor. Talented actor. No, quite good. And this guy looks like he could be that guy's father. Really? Yes. Like without the makeup and everything. Completely without the makeup, they still hold have, on. I gotta look at. I gotta look. They at have this. practically the exact same shape, face, very similar features. It's fucking uncanny, and their voices were so similar that it made me look it up. Oh my god! Yeah, you are right. Uh, Matthew James is the guy who plays Merle. Yep. And and Simon Helberg is plays Moist. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, you were very right. They look Yeah, I told you. They look very related. So, you know, let's Now, now they need to like have have roles where they they happen to be related. Like that would be cool. Mhm. So, Matthew James is 49 currently and Simon Helberg is But I mean, also just tell me that when Merle is laying there on the floor, completely defeated, but still sarcastic, that you couldn't see Moist saying that. No, I totally fucking, yeah, definitely. And they're yeah, just Simon, so fucking similar. Well, shit, dude, they're, they're only fucking uh, eight years apart. Simon Helberg is 41. Well, I think the issue is there's a much younger picture of Simon Helberg on IMDb, and... Matthew James has a more recent picture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Either that or Simon's just aged better. I, that's also possible. But no, I can totally... Yeah, now that you pointed out, I can see the mistake. So anyway, Angel's back to fuck with Merle some more. After giving him a big old 
sewer swirly, even though he doesn't have any hair. Yeah. Angel is just making Merle do all his legwork research for him because, you know, he fired Cordelia and Wesley. I mean, he's got to get it somewhere. Yep. He's obviously way too important for doing the small shit. Yep. So why not Also, just... there's this whole can't go out in the sunlight thing. Yeah. And he's just got to bully it out of some poor bastard that goes to the same bar as him. I yeah. Did, did Merle do something to him? Or is this just part of Angel's new chaotic persona? I guess it's just part of the new persona. Because it's a real dick move. And it almost feels racist. Because it's like you're just picking on him because he's a demon. You yeah. think he's beneath you. Even though you point out that you're both demons. Oh, but he's a lesser demon than you. Oh, of course. And like the last couple episodes... I, I probably wouldn't point that out because I'm like, well, not let's not start slinging shit just because. But uh, Angel's been annoying enough. Yeah. The last couple oh. episodes that I think he deserves to be called out on that kind of horse shit. I don't know. I'm not sure what the writers are trying to do with the characterization of Angel here. I'm not feeling it. No. I don't know. I... I don't know. It's like they're trying to make him more badass. Yeah. But they're just making him more of an asshole. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like how you have those individuals who think that being confident is the same thing as being an asshole. So they, they're an asshole because they want to try and be confident. Yeah, I have a boss like that. He completely equates being the loudest asshole in the room with being the smartest person in the room, which is just patently false. Yeah, that is... Quite correct. And that really feels like what Angel is doing. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. But yeah, uh, basically, he shakes Merle down for more information, doesn't pay him. Uh, Merle explains that the shelter is actually legit, but they are an avenue for hard air quotes, good deeds that Wolfram and Hart is trying to do to, like, you know, keep up appearances. Yeah, because they stepped in and paid the rent. They were going to lose their building yeah. or something, and they took care of that, and now they're going to do this fundraiser thing. I don't know that Angel knows that much yet at this point. Finds that out from Anne in a scene or two. Yeah. But yeah, he's just being this judgy, ungrateful douche towards Merle. Doesn't pay him, um, and goes so far as to say, when I do give you the money, you'd better use it on some furniture, because... Beanbag chairs? Really? I'm like, dude, the guy lives in the fucking sewer. I mean, I will say, look, beanbag chairs are really bad for your back. Take it from someone who literally just turned 38. Fucking don't do that to yourself. That being said, <laughs> he's an immortal. He doesn't have to right. worry about back problems. Or he does. They're and then just it's worse. <laughs> <laughs> beanbag chairs are just tacky Ugh. could you imagine being immortal and developing back issues no like you have back issues that will last literally forever at least as humans we get to eventually die i'd just walk out into the fucking sunlight <laughs> at that point fuck that Ugh. i i second that opinion as someone with some major back issues mm-hmm <laughs> Cut over to Anne's shelter. Yeah. Where Anne thanks him for a donation because he brings in a bag of clothes or something. Yeah, it's clothes. Yeah. 
And uh, <laughs> there's a funny little joke here because she pulls out a woman's top of some sort. And she's like, let me guess, doesn't fit anymore. And without missing a beat, he says something along the lines of, oh, yeah, cuts too tight across the bust. I'm like, ha ha. And I mean, ha We've seen him without a shirt on. I bet it would. I bet it would. Yeah. That is correct. But no, they belonged to an old friend of his that he won't be seeing anymore. I assume Cordelia is who right. he's referencing. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, or I guess, could it have been fucking Darla's? Or like, it could have been Darla's. Yeah. Um, well, no, 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 no. It has to be Cordelia because she specifically asks him, oh, ex-girlfriend? And he goes, God, no. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Darla was an ex-girlfriend. Absolutely. You know, I kind of, like, the whole fucking time that these two are on screen together, I'm like, man, I just kind of wish that someone would mention something and they could figure out why they're connected. Oh. And that would be fun. Right. Yeah. But they don't. Sigh. But he manages to schmooze her into confirming what Merle already told him. But now uh, we have the added bonus of knowing that the doggy sheep snort snort is also funding a charity ball for them. Yes. With a Wild West theme where actors go around to each table pretending to rob them. But they're really just taking donations. Well, I can't wait to see this shit. You know what? I was once upon a time for an entire day and a half a telemarketer with a similar theme really yes and it was the dumbest fucking thing i was afraid we were going to get in legal trouble because this <laughs> fucking script that they gave us literally had us telling people that we had a warrant for their arrest over the phone really yes yes it fucking did and we were just trying to convince people to come out to a damn fundraiser of some sort we weren't even asking for money over the phone i i only made I, like i think that might actually be illegal yeah it seems like it probably is that but that sounds very illegal if it's not illegal i'm i would be surprised <laughs> like i would be more surprised to find out that it is legal rather than illegal it was such a two-bit operation <laughs> i'm sure like nobody it. bothered to look into it even the fucking temp agency that put me in that job was embarrassed <laughs> <laughs> and they tried to oh my god do you have any idea how far you have to go to embarrass a temp agency they tried to talk me out of it but i was desperate for work they were like, I don't know if you really want to do this job. And I was like, no, I don't care. I, I'll i do anything. Really. I just need the money and the work. And I'm a good little doobie. Oh, my God. And they were like, okay. You uh, learned that lesson, didn't I you? I sure did. <laughs> uh, I mean, I learned a hard lesson from working through that temp agency on the job before that as well. That's when I hurt my fucking hands working in an office. Uh, cheers to fucking capitalism. Sure. Jesus Christ. I'll drink to that, purely sarcastically. Yeah. That was a sarcastic toast, so that works out. That was more of a fuck you to capitalism. Yeah. Anyway, Wild West theme. Um, Cut back to Merle's lair. Yes, where uh, poor fucking Merle. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps getting worse for Merle. Gets bashed in the face with the door, and we meet this... Very, very large gentleman named Boone. Did you bother to check the wiki to see what kind of a demon he is? No. Neither I did I. I didn't. Um, I did look to see if he shows up in any other episodes, and he doesn't. 
It's a humanoid demon of an unknown species. Wow. All right. So we don't know. That's and we never lame. will. Yeah, but he's got a blue face and some weird pockmark scar looking things. I'm just telling you. That are symmetrical. Build more continuity. Reuse makeup looks for fuck's sake. Yep. Too late. Yep. Merle gives it all up to old Booney Boy for a little bit of the rough stuff. I mean, it, I would too. His favorite. <laughs> He tells him Angel is tracking Wolfram and Hart, and specifically two lawyers, before we cut away while Merle enjoys a little chokey-chokey. Yeah. And now we're in Lila's car. And not the fun kind of chokey-chokey, mind you. At least I don't think so. Merle doesn't seem like he's enjoying it, and they did not discuss safe words. We do kink shame when it's non-consensual. Exactly. You have to confer with all participants in the scene. You heard it from us first. Or for the 50th time. I don't know. Who knows? Who are you? <laughs> Where am I? I'm not sure. Uh, you are in my apartment, and we are recording a podcast. Ew. I don't know. I'm tired. I'm always tired. <laughs> um, <laughs> the goat, he screams like a man. <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm so tired all of the time. <laughs> I was hoping for some demon fighting tonight, but I wound up with a delivery job instead. If I come back here on the end of a spatula, I'm expecting some serious workman's comp. I'm just messing with y'all. As you said, cut to a parking garage where we see Lila walking to a car, gets in the car, and we get a jump scare. Yeah, she's she's ready for a leisurely drive home after a hard day at work, plotting murders and having her life threatened based on her job performance. No pressure. Yeah, none. None. None at all. She checks her rearview mirror like a prudent little lawyer, and the coast is all clear until she looks behind her. Oh! It's Angel! Didn't account for vampires being in her back seat, did you? Nope. Oh, for fuck's sake, Rex, who doesn't notice an adult male in their back seat before they get in the driver's seat? Especially because she walks from behind the car. Like, she walked past the back seat. I can't imagine approaching the car from literally any direction 360 degrees where you wouldn't notice an adult male in your completely empty back seat the only way you wouldn't is if he is literally laying down and hiding if you had a... and you walked from the front of the car yeah and not past the passenger window yeah then maybe if you had maybe as much shit in your back seat as i do because i've got like four changes of clothes a saxophone um, and just enough shit to cover the whole back seat. Something that they could feasibly hide under. But she didn't. And then, like, the moment you get in the car, you'd hear the rustling as they're, like, unbearing themselves so they could scare you. Right. But, you It'd know, be noticeable. He's, he's a ninja, though. He's basically Batman. I mean, yeah. Fun fact. I don't have a back seat. This isn't a problem I have to fucking worry about. Neat. Well, Yay for Mini Coopers! You do. It's just... It is a it doesn't really hard count. air quote back seat. Yeah, it doesn't really count. <laughs> I've sat in it. I think, I think I would notice somebody in the back seat sitting sideways with their feet up and like half sitting in the fetal there's position. There's literally zero <laughs> leg room in your air quotes back seat. Anyway, Angel's <laughs> fucking done with Wolfram and Hart's horse shit and is now clearly just... Giddy with anticipation of fucking with them right back now that he's realized that there are no rules. None. Um, 
It only took you 250 years to figure out that lawyers don't play by actual rules? <laughs> oh, Angel. Somebody's been paying zero attention. Angel, we still love you, even if you're a bit slow. Yeah. All right. Cut to inside. <laughs> a bit slow. A, a bit, bit slow. Just a bit. <laughs> yeah. The last line in this scene, when Lila's like begging not to be hurt, Angel says, no, no, the begging, that comes later. And then vanishes out of the back seat. So this is another time that we see him using the ability of celerity. Oh, yeah. He pretty much went bat. Yeah. Without the bat. Yeah. How many? Three times now we've seen him do it. Yeah. And it's like. Well, at least two. They made a bit out of it in the first season where Cordelia once was like, oh, he does that sometimes. People just look behind them and he's gone. Yeah. She's like, oh, he just does that. And we, we had a whole discussion about celerity, I remember now. Yep. And so... But this is the first time where we see it and we realize he's not just ducking behind a nearby garbage can. He can literally move so fast that he can exit the backseat of a car without it, you seeing it visually. Without the fucking door opening, mind you. That you notice. So, yeah. Damn. He's got some celerity. And, uh... I'm I'm disappointed this doesn't come into fucking play more often. I know. Apparently, he has celerity, but only when he can use it for dramatic effect. That makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah. You, you know, you're right. <laughs> He's a broody, broody boy. Who's <laughs> <laughs> a broody, broody boy? Cut to inside Lindsay's office. Yeah, where Lila is just not having it. <laughs> She's a mite bit shaken. Not stirred. No. Huh? Huh? That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Lindsay, the dumbass he is, tries to calm her by saying, Angel doesn't kill humans, at least not with his own hands. And something tells me these two are exempt from that rule at this point. <sighs> yeah. And Lindsay fucking knows it, but... Right? Like, for fuck's sake, Lindsay, he took your arm and then decided he wanted to feed you to some vampires. Why aren't you taking this shit seriously? Yeah. Lindsay, you're a fucking dumbass, and you deserve to die. To be fair, he is, however, accurately basing this assertion on Angel's M.O., and not necessarily his current manic state. That being said, I think he's wrong, <laughs> and Angel is yes. absolutely <laughs> ready to take some human lives if it's for the greater good. I mean, for fuck's sake. For fuck's sake, he locked you in a room with vampires. Evil vampires. Evil vampires who were, like, definitely going to eat you. He was hoping. I'm sure he's just as upset that they did not eat you. Just as upset as... I don't know why I said that specifically, but he's he's upset that they didn't eat you. Yeah, definitely. Like, he wanted them dead. Def They're not dead. Def definitely dead. So, like... Definitely not dead. I have a feeling he's going to murder them the first good solid opportunity that but he he's, has. he's gonna play with his food first though well because he is still angel because who is angelus and like we know angelus plays with his food and he's specifically going crazy yeah because he's not angelus but he's not angel either who is he he's lus <laughs> just lus yeah angel us angel lus Angelus. Exactly. Okay. I think it works. 
Sure. It's the best I've got. Uh-huh. Give me a little bit of a break. It's great, Rex. Tiny break. I'm so happy for Come you. Come on. Anyway, the phone rings. <sighs> and it's Lindsay's 10 o'clock appointment. <laughs> it's... I don't have a 10, o- 10 o'clock appointment. Never mind that he doesn't have a 10 <laughs> o'clock appointment. What's important is that apparently... Wolfram and Hart has zero fucking security <laughs> when anyone besides Angel wants to come in uninvited. And also, a receptionist can say, well, I'm not going to tell him that just, and not get fired. I'm just not <laughs> going to say to him what you want me to say to him because she feels intimidated. Like I said, zero security. Yeah. Uh, guess what? Secretaries <laughs> are not security. No. <laughs> I wouldn't double up on that. If I are are they running out of money? Maybe they are because <laughs> why else would they need to squeeze 1.9 million dollars out of a fake charity fund, right? Or or by defrauding a charity fund. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> we'll get there. I have plot questions, but we will get to those later. I figured. So, (laughs) anyway, Boone just waltzes right into Lindsay's office after intimidating this poor secretary. Poor secretary. She works works for an evil law firm. I'm sure they made sure that she was evil first. So, whatever. Don't feel sorry for her. Because Boone, uh, anyway, turns out, has a grudge with some fella named Angel. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, apparently they had a whole thing back in the 20s. They got into a fight over a woman. And, you know, Boone was drunk, so he couldn't really give it his all. So the fight lasted a very long time, like three something, three, four hours. And then the sun came up. And then the sun came up. And, you know, fucking shocks. He's a vampire, so Boone obviously can't kill him if the sun's up. That's not playing fair. Well, old Boone over here now has himself just a whopper of a doozy of an idea. He knows <laughs> Angel wants to take down Lindsay and Lyler. Yeah. And when Angel comes for them, he's going to find old Booney boy instead. And you know what? Lindsay happens to really like this part of the idea. He likes it. Lila, however, does not. Right. Which, what the fuck? Talk about a very quick character reversal, for fuck's sake. Like, she's like, we should kill Angel and get rid of him, and oh my god, he's gonna kill me, to, we can't do that. We were told no. To be fair, I don't think she was advocating that they kill him. She was simply shaken and frightened by the encounter. Okay, And was looking for solutions. But it seems like in her frightened state... She would jump right on that bandwagon of the Let's Kill Angel variety. She hasn't had time to work out that fear, for fuck's sake. No. But yeah, uh, Lindsay pulls Lila outside to talk, and basically they're talking about how the senior partners want Angel alive, and you know, Lindsay's going to essentially work on the ask for forgiveness, not permission mentality. Yeah, he doesn't give a flying fuck what the senior partners want. And why should he? They he shouldn't. Li- they literally hired both, or promoted both of them for incompetence, essentially. <laughs> right? You get a promotion because for some reason you didn't die with the rest of them. Also, we don't feel like sussing out which one of you is better. So we're just going to make <laughs> you work together. That fully tracks. Management doesn't want to do the fucking footwork. Work. 
They what don't want to make dis- they want to make decisions based purely on how much money can be made. And you know what? These people already work for them, so they're going to fucking promote the most incompetent survivors it's they have. Better than vetting new people. Yeah. Capitalism. Mhm. It's a thing. Also promoting people to a level of incompetence. Yeah. You don't promote people up until they're in a position where they perform the best. You promote them one step farther. Yep. And then you leave them there. I actually once had a job where my boss came to me and was like, hey, we want to promote you to this other position. Yeah. I had to argue with him because I did not want the fucking promotion position Mm -hmm. because it was a fuck ton more work than I would have ever fucking took on in my wildest goddamn dreams. Mm -hmm. I had to literally fight with him. Because, like, for a week straight, he constantly was fucking badgering me about it. And I'm like, no, I want to fucking stay at the position I'm at because I like it for the most part. And I'm good at it. And it pays me enough. I don't fucking want more responsibility. Is that back when you were a security guard that gave you a mental breakdown? Yep. Cool. How'd that work out for you? Well, you know, (laughs) it eventually gave me a mental breakdown. Oh, yeah. I heard somebody told me that. Yeah. That was around the time that we met, actually. Ah, I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> so, there's still a place in this world for traditional research. Even a solitary soldier such as myself recognizes that a free exchange of intelligence benefits the common struggle. Also, I brought in your mail and newspaper. Cut to Cordy's haunted house. Cordy's haunted house? Which. What the fuck? We get to hang out. For several scenes in Cordy's apartment, we don't get to see Daniel? No, Dennis. Oh, sorry, Dennis. Yeah. Fuck, I they got his name wrong. I feel so awful about that. They couldn't put a fucking mug on a string for right. one scene just to make us happy. They don't even need to pay anyone a lot of money to do that. Like nope. A little bit of fishing string. Yeah. The director could take a five-minute donut break to make that happen, honestly. I'm sure I'm completely wrong about that, but you, you know. know what would be great? A very subtle hint to that aspect is if every fucking time we were in Cordy's apartment, Cordy never opens a door. Doors open automatically. Oh. That would be a great little. <laughs> like, no. That'd be neat, right? I was thinking along the lines of what if she had taken the guy's skeleton that they had found in the wall <laughs> and set it up as a display. Oh my god. That would be kind of rude, wouldn't it? Well, his soul still hasn't left the apartment. Wouldn't it move with the remains? I mean, in some senses of the lore, yes, but not necessarily, depending on the the angle you take. I operate mostly on supernatural lore when it comes to ghosts. Yeah, I don't know that that show well enough. Well, it's, it's all over the place as well. Sometimes, but... The big thing here Most is... Most of the times like, they just have to burn and salt the remains and it makes the ghost go away. But the soul can also get attached to a talisman. And there's no telling what the talisman was without knowing the person's backstory. And hey, maybe the, the talisman is the apartment. Yeah. Totally so possible. That, that totally works for me. But like, could you imagine being dead and then like someone finds your corpse and then rather than giving you a proper burial, they like fucking put you on a, a display rack? <laughs> that's just rude yeah just i'm mean, set it up like one of those science room skeletons 
That, and then occasionally he can uh, he can make his own body move, and it's like he's alive again. Okay, that has some merit. <laughs> I mean, if I were a ghost and someone found my remains, I think I would be pretty cool with the idea of, like, put me in a science class. I dig that. Mm. I dig that. I like science. Mm. I love science. That would be awesome. And then, you know, I would move the skeleton for the kids. The point that is... That sounds great. The point is... Mug on a string. Come on, guys. Yeah. We're not asking for much here. So, Wes and Gunn are regaling their stupid tale of fighting the two-headed fire-farting demon. I wrote fire-breathing, but as you <laughs> yeah, clarified for me, he's a fire-farting demon. Yep. Cordelius... He might also be fire-breathing. He could be you both. Know, you never know. We don't know, though. Maybe the, the fire-breathing are burps. Yeah. He, he, I mean, that's still methane. He only expels. Yeah. So Cordy says she <laughs> she found an office space for them, and yeah. uh, they all want to go see it and name it after themselves. Wesley wants to name it Wyndham Price Investigations. Okay, I do want to say, to be completely fair, if they were to name it after any of their individual names, Wyndham Price Agency is way fucking better than Chase and Agency or Gun agency. Chase sounds like a bank. Gun sounds just like a fucking. You're only gonna get named it. Fucking Republicans, right? Do you want Republicans? Because that's how you get Republicans. That's how you get Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like demons aren't afraid of guns. So I mean, I'll take their money. Um... <laughs> Right, they, yeah, most of them can't even die from a gunshot wound. Exactly. Uh, but Cordy has quite possibly the dumbest, most awkward moment here that I've Ugh. ever witnessed on this show. It's up there anyway. It is impressively up there. Because while they're arguing over what they're going to name this fucking new business that they're starting, Gunn gives the this guy motion with it, who's got two thumbs and points at himself, this guy yeah. motion with his thumbs. And uh, Cordy... Does the cabbage patch while chanting, I've got a gun and my name is Gun, and then breaks it up with awkward, nervous laughter uh, that she was legitimately attempting to play off as real laughter. I think um, Charisma whole... Carpenter knew how oh, yeah. dumb it was. The whole fucking line delivery just reads, They're making me do this. Yes. It is not funny. It is not flattering, and given that you are a white woman making fun of a black man, it's questionable at the very best. Cringy for all kinds of reasons that yeah. aren't even related to race, <laughs> and then you throw race into the mix. Yeah, just don't. This is supposed to be a fucking forward show with like oh an open mind well no that was buffy they they didn't they didn't have to stick with that on angel and clearly <laughs> they didn't worry too hard about it buffy's gonna be the woke show we're just gonna revel in it we're just gonna ride its coattails <laughs> and let people assume things <laughs> i i did end up reading oh god i don't want to go into too much of a tangent on this but i did end up reading that whole article of yeah. joss whedon's interview it is painful it's got some real cringy spots it's got some your agent didn't let you do this did they 
Uh, and one of the main issues was uh, he got accused of being racist. And I mean, just from reading that article, it doesn't really clarify anything. No, it doesn't. It really uh, does. It's mainly just. Oh my god. Him denying things half-heartedly. I, I think the main line that sticks in my... He's like, all too often, mm, that seems false. Like, What do you mean that seems false? Yeah. Do you fucking remember that or not? False. That seems... That fucking article didn't have any idea what it fucking was. Because at some levels it feels like this man is coming forward to tell his side of the story. But then at some points it's like... We're condemning Joss Whedon. But it also... And then some points Overtly it's like, mocks some of the more ridiculous things that he said. Yeah. And then it's also like, no, this is a tell-all. We're telling both sides of the story. And it's yeah. like, the article had no fucking clue what it was even doing. We're just telling it the way yeah. it is. We're not taking sides. Anyway, tangent done. We're moving on. Yeah. So they leave... As Wesley repeats that the uh, win the price, that's all you need to know. And they're like, shut up. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> and cut to Angel. Being a stalker. Looking at Anne's well, ID. I, mostly. I'm guessing he's in an apartment or he's at the hotel in one of the rooms. I'm not yeah, sure. He, he's at. He's probably at the hotel. Yeah. Why, uh, would, why would he rent a different apartment? Yeah, he's he's got a hundred rooms. He's got the fucking hotel. Yeah. And uh, he specifically has a room for conspiracy walls. He specifically has a room for every single individual person he's currently stalking. Yes. This that. is the Anne stalking room. Exactly. <laughs> the Buffy stalking room is across the hall. Uh-huh. And, you know, the, the, the Darla stalking room is down the hall. He's got a whole floor just for stalking. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's a very busy man. <laughs> so... Uh, he takes some papers down, or pictures specifically, off of this clipboard thing on the wall. Yep. No idea what he's actually up to, but that's what we see in this scene. Cut yeah. to Merle's lair again. Where fucking Merle can't get a break. I think it's safe to say at this point that Angel's informant is um, compromised. Right? And maybe, at the very least, needs to fucking leave town for fuck's sake. <laughs> or find a different fucking apartment. He even says as much himself. Yeah. <laughs> because he's walking in with some fucking cheap, like, gas station food noodles. And he gets flanked on his way inside and immediately starts yelling, I didn't sell you out, Angel. I didn't sell you out. I promise. And it turns out it's actually <laughs> Lila and uh, some Wolfram and Hart goons. I don't yeah. think Lindsay was there. No, Lindsay wasn't there. Uh, but really, the the rest of the scene is just L Lila going, so you didn't sell out Angel. How about you sell out Angel? And he sells out Angel. Yeah. For the second time this episode. And he's not even getting paid for this shit. Which simultaneously makes me go, wow, what a skeezy ass bag. And uh, eh, I would in his position, too. But also, like, M Merle, for fuck's sake, get a different job. <laughs> you are not good at you're not making money at this you're just getting hurt i don't think he chose any of this he's just getting fucked so he needs to fuck off he needs to move definitely <laughs> so uh, angel i feel completely deserves to be sold out oh yeah in this case of course well I'd have done, first off he hasn't paid merle exactly i'd have done exactly the same thing so we leave Merle selling out Angel to Lila. Yep. Cut to 
Duh, shelter. Oh, were we supposed to do that? No. Okay. I just did anyway. Good. I didn't. I, I didn't do you want to? I Not really. All right. It doesn't feel right. Yeah, I don't want you to. Okay. <laughs> Saving you from yourself. Anne is working late, as she has previously said. She does very often, and she hears a noise. Yep. It's just Angel, though. It's late. It's after hours. She gets up to investigate a noise outside Sorry, it's Lus. Yeah, sorry. It's Luz, and he's standing in the lobby in shadowy light. And I'm really wondering at what point she's going to start getting creeped out by him showing up all the time like right. a total stalker. I mean, he's, he's only shown up twice. He's giving out total stalker vibes the whole time. And she acts like she doesn't even notice probably because she's like got the angel. I'm sorry, the lust fever. And uh, he's a very pretty man. You know what? I, I had all of these thoughts immediately <laughs> before he admitted to stalking her. Yeah, the, the lines are she says. You're not stalking me, are you? All like pleasant joking, and he, he's just like, actually, I am. Literally, that's the actual line. Yes. <laughs> and it's all downhill from there. He tries. Here's to... these pictures I took of you. Here's these pictures. These other pictures. These are these are some naughty pictures I took of you. Um, <laughs> these are you in the shower. That was very important for researching Wolfram. Research and Hart. purposes. <laughs> research purposes. I. I already had them patented and trademarked. <laughs> you can't have them. Your likeness is no longer yours. I own the negatives. <laughs> you can have these copies, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> uh, uh, beer with Buffy just took a dark turn, everybody. Uh, so, <laughs> so he... <tr> <laughs> Apparently... Beer with I'm Buffy also nights. leaning into the highly inappropriate of this episode. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> it happens sometimes. Only sometimes? <laughs> You're not trying hard enough. So I don't it, have it in the core of my being like so, you do. <laughs> <laughs> sure you do. You're just, uh, you're holding back. You know, maybe I am. Maybe I am. <laughs> I'll beat it out of you one of these days. I'm with Wolfram and Hart. Everybody should have a lawyer like this. Mr. Winters shall never be convicted of any crime, ever. Should you continue to harass our client, we'll be forced to bring it in the light of day. I want that stricken from the record. Unless I'm told it's not all that healthy for you. So, Luce tries to explain that uh, Wolferman Hart is only using her charity as a front to steal money, and she'll end up with a measly 5% of the donations <laughs> maximum. So, can someone please give me 5% of $2 million? Seriously, though. <laughs> My main point is like, wait, so just like most charities? Right. That's awful. I have to work more than four years to make 5% of a million dollars. Yeah, about five years, actually. You know, 20 times five. Very nearly. Yeah, somewhere between four and five. Angel, yeah. you don't fucking understand the tree you're barking up here. You just don't fucking get it. No. hundred yeah. fucking thousand dollars to a small organization like this fucking shelter that's run by one woman? That is a fucking landslide of money. Yeah. Sorry, Angel. Not everybody gets to find a big bag of fucking money in the hotel that they happened upon. <laughs> right. And somewhere in the 250 years that they've been an undead creature of the night angel is now officially jaded as the one percent 
<laughs> kind of, yeah. He lives in a hundred room fucking hotel alone mm-hmm. for fuck's sake. <laughs> Doesn't everyone just have a room for all their stalkers? I don't see what the problem is. Anyway, Anne is not convinced. Yeah. She doesn't believe him for a second. Then Lindsay shows up. He busts... Lindsay busts right in to save the day and pretend to be the good guy. And boy, is he good at it. And... He is, actually. And he brought a big, scary blue demon named Boone with him. Who, uh... Hey, is like, hey, Angel, we're gonna fight. And Anne doesn't seem entirely put off by this. She just seems annoyed, mostly. (laughs) Right. She's like... God damn it, I have fucking paperwork I should be doing. Bringing demons into my goddamn teen shelter. Ugh. Ugh. I have work to do, soup to make. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Did you notice there was a foosball table? They. Why does every really? place like this always have a foosball table? Churches? Yeah. Specifically the ones that are trying to cater to the youngins. They're I like... Look, we got the foosball for you. I don't you, know about you, You young Josh. girls like the foosball, don't you? I don't know about you, but uh, when I was a kid, I was one hell of a sucker for a foosball table. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to be of good at foosball. Were, Rex. I was never good at foosball. Yeah. Because no one's ever really good at foosball. No, no, no. I've met one person. One oh, man. One. One there, man. There's one. There is one person. <laughs> He's the only one. Who... Uh, was flabbergastingly amazing at foosball. He could do trick shots. I watched this motherfucker flip that damn little ping pong ball around oh with those foosball feet the same way that... That they did in fucking uh, Community? I don't remember how they did it in Community, but probably just like that, yeah. You remember the episode, though? No. Like, the episode Oh, there where... was, like, a whole foosball episode, yeah, wasn't there? Yeah, there was a whole foosball episode. Jeff Winger finds out that Shirley is, like, a foosball master, and they're, like, playing German people who are, like, super into foosball. Mm-hmm. And come to find out that Shirley used to be known as the Big Cheese and made fun of Jeff when he was a kid hmm. for peeing his pants. Hmm. Yeah. It's a good episode. Community. Good fucking show. I have questions, but I'd rather just move on. <laughs> So we can answer those after the podcast. Anyway, right. We were reviewing an episode. Where were we? Wolfram and Hart's only using the charity as a front to steal money and she'll end up with 5% of the donations. Yep. Lindsay shows up with Boone. Big fight. Yes. Um, Boone has these cool like like metal ring hand things. Like, yeah. Some it basically brass knuckles, but it's some sort of cord some sort of yeah. automatic wrap around his fist cord it's fucking cool it's pretty neat it's pretty neat i liked it and uh so they fight then angel fucks off Lindsay's fine with that and he tells boone to get in the car and assures Anne that she's safe now Lindsay specifically is playing it up like they came here to save her from angel and uh forces boone to play the role of lackey who seems to be playing it a little too he's a bit too accommodating yeah. Now I'm like, something's up there. You Some, don't just something's tell that, a little suspicious. You don't tell that big independent motherfucker to get in the car and he just does it. That's not how that works. Why does he need a car? Or for somebody to drive him we'll that, get there. that is bossing him around. He doesn't. Anyway, uh Lindsay assures Anne that Angel is a deranged madman who cut off his hand and harassed his law firm for no good reason. He is, of course, full of lies. Yeah. 
This is when Anne is like, no, I'm not. I'm not naive. I know that that was a demon and that that Angel is a vampire. And what the fuck, Lindsay? But Angel has proof. But even his proof is lies. Look at all of this lying evidence. That's uh, so stupid. It's fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Fake doors. Fake doors. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. <laughs> you know, if every time somebody had said fake news, they had said it like fake doors, it might have been a little less infuriating. Right? <laughs> or fake doors would have just been completely ruined. That seems more likely. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to outside. Lindsay's talking to Lila, concerned that Angel has proof. Just want to point out the 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 Whedon cut here. Lindsay's like the Whedon flip. Sorry, the Whedon flip here. Lindsay's like he can't have proof. Well, he might have proof. There's no proof because it didn't happen. Whedon cut. He's got proof. He's he might have proof. He must have proof. But we've never discussed our plans in public <gasps> except Un- for right now. Until right now. Oh God, he's got us on tape. That crafty bastard. So they decide to double security and add a vampire detector at the fundraiser. Yeah, which why the fuck weren't they going to have that anyway? Seriously, I like, asked why exactly is that the same not question. The default. Yeah, why isn't three of them the default? <laughs> right. I guess that would be overkill. I think they only have three for all of Wolfram and Hart, if we recall. Right. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that is the case, but at least for fuck's sake, if you have any senior partners. Or, like, mid-level partners or of any kind. Like, for fuck's sake, Angel literally murdered, via vampire, mind you, murdered a bunch of people. Yeah, they can spare one vampire detector. Yeah, It'll for be fuck's okay. sake. So, back at Anne's office, Angel sidles back in, uh, like, an hour later or whatever. Yeah. An indistinct amount of time insert here. Anne seems only vaguely annoyed, again, and not interested in proof of Wolfman Hart being shitty, uh, even though considering that 5% of $2 million is $100,000. And uh, who can blame her? Right, like, because holy shit, for any normal person who's not, you know, a several hundred year old vampire who has a bag full of money, $100,000 is a lot of fucking money. Yeah, and Angel argues that it's blood money and she should have better idealistic morals than that. Eh, fuck off, Angel. It's all blood money. War, slavery, worker exploitation. We live in capitalism. The fact that we need charities to cover poverty-stricken people in the first place. No fucking shit. Fuck it. What harm is that 1.9 million out there doing? Well, that's a good question. Probably funding murder and fraud. Just like U.S. tax dollars. I don't see what the problem is. Yeah, come on. So, it's all blood money, Angel. Get off your fucking high horse. But I've, I've never understood... I've never understood the whole fucking concept of people where, like, they're in dire straits or something, but they don't want your money. And it's like, <laughs> like, when, when, like somebody's, like, in a really bad space, but they don't want to take your money. It's like, for fuck's sake. I can't get people to help me when I am fucked and asking for help. Right? It's, yeah. There's this weird fucking, it's one set side of the spectrum or the other. Yeah. With people. It's so fucked up. But Angel tries to give her a a uh, very damning, or he claims that it is a damning eight millimeter tape, um, proving that Wolfman Hart is completely corrupt, uh, and it would expose the yield Gerba thumpy thump. And he asks only 
in exchange for her help to get him into the ball. And she refuses outright. Yep, she refuses. Cut to the ball. The ball. Now, as this plays out, remember, remember everybody... And outright refused that 8mm tape. Outright refused. Outright refused. Didn't want anything to do with it. So here we go. Oh boy, lots of people and a video with Holland in it. Not sure how he filmed this. Um, They must have been planning this for some time. Well, I think they've been doing like dealing with this plan for like a couple of years. Either that it, or it he, like. he never specifically said the name of the organization. They they literally were just like, all right, let's pick some fucking organization to defraud here. They could have gotten some. <laughs> they could have filmed him doing some sort of umbrella generic footage. <laughs> they filmed it like five years ago, and they're like, all right, we will use this any time in the future that we want to defraud a charity. Absolutely, every time we defraud a charity, it, I'm sure they're constantly it's the same video over. They're probably constantly defrauding charities. I mean, they probably are. <laughs> so it's it's all this classic propaganda, goody-goody nonsense. And uh, Anne is introduced to one of the senior partners. Nathan Reed. We'll actually see him for a few episodes. Seems likely. But it doesn't take Angel long to infiltrate the ball. He's already on a balcony wearing a hood. And Boone immediately finds him. And they fight a little bit. Yep. Just a little, little bit of fight. Bit. And Just a tiny fight. Just tiny fight. Their fight eventually interrupts the activities at the ball, which is just a bunch of cowboys being cheesy and some false pleasantries from a microphone by Lila. Yep. And it's it's really a lot of wasted time. It, oh just my god! It fuck was, this whole ball. It was, it was really it was, easy to write notes on it. It was like fifteen minutes of the fucking episode, and nothing happened yeah. until what I'm saying right now. Uh, so <laughs> there's only one tiny little part that is worth mentioning about this ball. Okay. There is a, a moment where a rich person says to the celebrities, quote, holding them up for their charity money. The rich person says to this actress. Yeah. Specifically says <laughs> to her, did they make your character gay just for the ratings? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is what they said about making Willow Willow gay. Yeah. And it's a little like in universe <laughs> nod to it. And That's- I. I thought that was cute and funny. That is kind of genius. So, yeah, back to the fight. Angel and Boone are fighting. Their fight eventually goes over the railing. Literally, Angel falls off the balcony. It's off the rails! Off the rails! <laughs> and uh, security brings him right to Lindsay, right in the middle of a crowded ballroom. Yep. And all the, all the fucking people at the party just think it's part of the show. They're all just standing and watching while Lindsay proceeds to pat him down for the tape that he's that he thinks that Angel has. He's got no tape. And Boone reveals that he is now, and perhaps always was, on Angel's side. Neato. Yeah, Boone what was a, twist. a plant. What a twist. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a planted twist. And then, oh no, Anne has the tape. Oh no, so they run after her like morons, and she slides the tape in. And for some reason, even though Lindsay and Lila are only... A couple of feet away from the fucking tape player. The moment it starts playing, they just stop running. It's too late. They just let it play. Oh no! Oh, we're fucked now. Well, it's we already can't playing. press the stop button. The stop button. It's just it wouldn't do anything. It wouldn't do anything. They, they've already seen the first two <laughs> seconds. Can't turn back now. I've seen everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I ran away <laughs> on the grass. You see. 
So anybody that gets that reference, <laughs> you get a free sticker. You know what? I, I'll uphold that. Seriously, though. <laughs> so it turns out it's all just Cordelia and Wesley on this tape doing embarrassing things on camera while they were alone. Yeah. And Angel settles for simply making buffoons of Lindsay and Lila at their own ball, which, I mean, I don't think anybody would fault them for running after a security breach. Right. Which is what it looked like. But Angel sure got them. Lila accuses him of hiring Boone. She's like, you hired Boone, didn't you? Angel corrects her and informs them that no, they hired Boone for a substantial amount of money, which somehow tips them off exactly as he intended that the donation money is gone now. So they run back across the room through the crowd. Yep. And somehow the fucking people taking the donation money are knocked out. In the middle of a fucking party. In the middle of a crowded room. And (sighs) there is not a mass hysteric panic. Right. About people looking like they're dead on this table. (laughs) They're probably just unconscious, but they look dead partially they look kind of dead so they're they're not unconscious because they were just a little tired yeah uh he must have like bonked him over the fucking head so when they notice that these people are knocked out someone says someone in the crowd says the cowboy stole it and i'm like wait what who did do, do, do they mean boone no idea. were they talking about boone he, he didn't, didn't even have a hat on Boone didn't look like a fucking cowboy. I mean, he looked like a real cowboy. He didn't look like one of the fake cowboys. Right. But he also looked like some weird blue demon. (laughs) I don't think that was really on theme for this party. No. So that was just dumb, in my opinion. And cut to outside. I agree with your opinion. Thank you. A person needs certain designer... Trying to eat my friend's brains. Hey, you're a vampire. Yeah, cut to outside where Anne slaps Angel for risking the the kids' livelihood and the money and all this. She risked everything for him. And it wasn't even the tape with real evidence because Angel gave her the tape and she never checked it i mean who just has an eight millimeter tape player laying around i mean a little bit more then than now a little bit more but like i'm surprised she found one at the party honestly. i mean yeah I, that's fair but maybe i like the only way i can think of to play it is to find a camcorder that records with those still though we're going to fucking out this very large, probably international law firm who's supposed to be defrauding me of $2 million and you're not gonna watch the tape first? She's very trusting. I don't find that to be a character flaw. On the other hand, Angel revealing that his master plan was that he knew there was nothing on it and he just wanted to shake them up because... They'd have just covered it up if he had uh, had real proof. Okay, then why were they so fucking scared of it being proven that they were evil or corrupt? And last but not least, crazy new dangerous angel, we are calling him a loose, informs <laughs> Anne how she feels about the tainted money. 
specifically doesn't be like, don't you feel bad about... No, like, you feel this way. Not very specifically, really, but simply that she cares. And that's the difference between her and him. She cares. Especially when he forces her to. He's like a fucking Care Bear that turned into a terrorist. (laughs) That sounds like the kind of thing you'd pick up at a fucking haunted bazaar. Or in the discount bin of a flea market. (laughs) Or the Plot Hole Emporium. I was wondering if we were getting one of these. (laughs) Welcome to the Plot Hole Emporium. (laughs) Need to give your tired old nice guy hero a bit of an edge? Same old broody idealist versus chaotic evil mastermind a la Jekyll and Hyde all worn down and played out? Well, boy, are you in for a treat. Go for totally reckless and stupid instead. Yes, you heard me. Nothing changes things up more than dropping lawful good like a hot baby, skipping right past (laughs) neutral evil like a dead potato, and wrapping back around to chaotic neutral. (laughs) Want to confuse your enemies? Of course you do. Just bluff your way through it. Hire your other enemies to help you. And make sure that off-screen agreements happen that completely contradict what we saw on screen only moments ago to make sure it's a surprise. And as a cherry on top, make sure you tell other people how they feel about moral conundrums. That's right. You've not helped your neighbor until you've relieved them of the burden of their own emotional (laughs) intelligence. Yes, just fuck all the rules. Fuck them right in the doodle-doo holes. And they'll keep hatching you those doodle-doo plots. (laughs) I approve. Thanks. So from there, from the scene with Anne, not the, the plot hole emporium. Uh, we cut back. Same, to, same thing, really. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we cut to Wolfram and Hart, where uh, Mr. Reed tears down Lindsay and Lila, explains to them how he doesn't have the same soft spot that Holland had for these two, and they better really fucking watch their shit. Man, and when you get your asses reamed by the Six Flags guy... You know shit's serious. The middle-aged Six Flags guy, not the old Six Flags Yeah, guy. the like, the younger version. Yeah. Yeah, he won't make the same mistake as Holland by having a soft spot for them, which he already has made by simply allowing them to keep their position of power in the company. Yeah. And, oh, I don't know, fucking no, promoting them for their incompetence? Yeah. Seems a bit uh, questionable to me. Yeah. I, like, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe put more evil people in a position of power like this? Or just keep people informed. Right. For fuck's sake, the scene ends with him explaining finally why they want Angel alive. Because he's going to play a part in the apocalypse and we don't know what side he's going to end up on. If you want to keep Lindsay and Lila in the dark on that, fine. But don't get mad at them when they don't behave the way you want them to because you're keeping them in the dark on that rather important point. Yeah. You fucking dipshit. How dare they not act on knowledge that they don't know? Yeah. We promoted you into this position because we noticed that you've got gumption to go against the grain and act independently even when you disagree with us. But how dare you act independently and disagree with us when we don't want you to? My favorite part, though, is they promoted them to this position, which, by the way, was Holland's job. And Holland was fucking in the know. Holland knew what the deal was. Yeah. 
they they didn't feel before now that it was important to inform them of the fucking basic plan? Welcome to the second plot hole emporium of today. No about- shit. <laughs> How about you just take your characters and you treat them like it's the real world where nobody communicates with each other. (laughs) Just keep sticking your plots in their own holes. Well, I guess if you're really trying to write a realistic story, you're you're doing a pretty decent job then, I guess. (laughs) Working out pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Back mm -hmm. to the hotel. Back to the hotel. Angel tosses the last of his surveillance material that he had on Anne, and then Boone shows up. Oh, he throws away the pictures, yeah, and then Boone shows up. Yeah, and then Boone shows up. Who has, in fact, not fucked off to Brazil. Yeah, and And he's got a bag full of money. There's just one thing left besides the bag full of money. (laughs) Boone just needs to know who's better. And he wagers 2.5 million dollars yeah i I don't think he cared about the money he never did this is highlander as far as he's concerned yeah there can be only one there can be only one never mind that he's not also a vampire or that angel is not whatever the fuck kind of demon he is it doesn't matter doesn't matter matter. well uh spoiler alert it's angel angel's better yeah we don't get to actually know why the fight happens in almost entirely off scene yeah there just wasn't enough time for that angel i'm fine with uh angel probably had his little automatic steak wrist thingies on because this other guy had his automatic brass knuckles but not brass and not knuckles things yeah his <laughs> his knuckle cables if you will knuckle cable Ooh, i like that mm, knuckle yes. cables get you some knuckle cables so a smash cut to angel dropping that bag full of literally bloody money uh, right on Anne's desk with a couple of dead squirrels in there just for effect oh yeah Anne seems pretty okay with the dead squirrels. Yeah. She's I like, mean, it'll wash she out. can feed them to her kids. I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> you make <Yeah>. soup. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they should be thankful. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, $2.5 million. And Angel's like, make sure they don't know that you have it. You fucking think? Yeah. Uh, maybe you should help her launder it. <laughs> Literally. And figuratively. She doesn't seem to care. She seems like she has a plan. <laughs> Bring it over to my mom's house. <laughs> She's got a washer and dryer. Maybe she owns a car wash. <laughs> <laughs> Covering the literally and figuratively in every aspect here. I love it. Gerarg. Ger fucking arg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, 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 give me more! Nights, I shall walk in Hold on. You've got something here. How'd you feel about this episode, Rex? It was alright. It got better once I realized the Anne aspect of this episode. Yeah. But every other aspect of this episode was bullshit. <laughs> Hardcore bullshit. Okay. They even fucked up the part, the only good joke that there could have been with the Cordelia Vision thing. I commend them in, like, bucking the traditional show don't tell, but they decided to buck it completely, and they're like, no, 
not only are we not going to tell you, we're also not going to show you. What like, are you referring to exactly? How much of this fucking episode was done in the goddamn background off scene? A fuck ton. Well, the one that bothers me the most, I'm not sure what else you're referring to, but the one that bothers me the most is that Anne just completely changes her fucking mind. Anne completely changes her fucking mind. It was the cheapest twist possible. Yep. Boone is a good guy until they're not. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. For fuck's sake. They didn't even show Lila and Lindsay agreeing to have Boone help them. Oh, right? Like, yeah. They, they literally didn't show any of the very important parts of that would make the plot make fucking sense. Yeah, there were a lot of things that were just supposed to assume played out a little more later. Here are some things that I think would have made it work better. Okay. One, we actually have a scene where there is potential proof of Lila and Lindsay talking about this plan that Angel can allude to having on tape, but doesn't have. That would have made that funnier. If there was a moment in the beginning of the episode where there was video proof, but that isn't the video, I would have liked that more. Hmm. I think that would have been funnier for them to freak out because they know exactly where, like, what the proof is. But it's not that. That would have been great. Have at least something done with Boone where, like, there's a little bit more flash to his turning coat, maybe? I don't know. They they have him fighting and they, they land and then they're like, oh, no, we're on the same team. Yeah. There, there's no, like, real turn there. I mean, Boone was the least of my complaints about this episode. I felt like it was entirely plausible that it played out the way it did and we could just presume that Angel called him up for a favor. Yeah. Um, and in fact... I looked up the term boon. It actually is a slang word for doing a favor that somebody didn't ask for. Hmm. Yeah, it kind of fits, doesn't it? Yeah. There's there's a word for that kind of character. It's like when you name an everyman character, everyman. Uh, <laughs> which is something that they did in classical plays. An allegorical character. Something like there's a word for it. Um, sure, Boone, uh, I'm sure they could have done other things, but I actually yeah. kind of liked what they did with Boone. He he wasn't lying. He did want to best Angel, but he wasn't above working with him either. Right. Like, he, he, obviously, his motive for working with Angel was so that Angel would agree to have the fight. That was his deal. That yeah. works. I that, liked that. That works for me, yeah. Um, I agree. That was, like, the only part of the episode that worked for me. The whole fucking episode had, like, the bones of something with potential, but not... And then they're like, you know what? Let's put this other shit on these bones. Yeah. And, like, make it a pile of shit instead. I mean, both the plot hole emporiums, I think I've said as much as I can really say. Oh, yeah. In a mocking tone, like an old-timey radio man. And deserved a better episode. Yes. That being said... Rather than the other way around, where Anne was the only thing making this exactly. a not terrible episode. Exactly. That was the only thing that made this episode work, was the, the solid fucking callback of bringing this character back into the show. I fucking loved that. It added depth that they couldn't have got any other way. It was the only solid foundation of this episode. There you go. Boone was another thing that happened to work. But they couldn't have made it all about Boone. 
And Boone would have worked even better if there was literally any other hints to him at all before. And yet what bothers me about Boone is he's dead now. Presumably. I liked Boone. Right? That would have been great to have him as a recurring character occasionally. Oh, look, we have another fucking ally that's really strong. And we don't have to always fall back on Wes and Gunn and Cordelia. I think it would have been a great fucking scene in the end there. Rather than have them actually fight. I think it would have been great if Boone showed up at the hotel, tossed Angel the money, and said, we're still going to have that fight someday. Yes! And then disappeared. And And then you bring him back later on. An ongoing feud. That would have been fucking great. That would have been wonderful. Instead, they threw it away for a Whedon flip. Yep. But we're going to find out who's better, smash cut. And it wasn't even a Whedon flip. It was just a smash cut. Well, now we know who's better. Yep. And that's that's fun, but it's it's like a bottle rocket as opposed to a trip to Disneyland. Yeah, exactly. That's the fucking comparison. All right, all right. Now the really fucking hard part, Josh. Do you even have a quote of the day? Nope. I don't fucking have a quote. That, like, even the fucking lines I mentioned, it's like... It's junk. There weren't any really particularly good lines. There was nothing. Fucking nothing. The only time I even pulled a line from the transcript, I I don't even remember why I pulled it, but Anne says, oh boy, you're not stalking me, are you? Angel says, actually, I am. So there, that's my quote of the day. Just for funsies. The only fucking, the the best line, the absolute 100%, without a doubt, best line in the entire fucking episode is a goddamn fart joke. <laughs> well, was it Wes's line? I thought she said no, he breathed it was gun, fire. Gun's line. It was oh, Gun's okay. line. I thought she said he breathed fire. Oh, that is funny, though. Like, no. That is great. And I'm so but, glad that you pointed it out because I like, didn't get it. <laughs> you're, you have a show. Okay, granted, not this show, but you have a show, Buffy, that is widely known as super fucking clever. And this is your offshoot. And the best line in an episode you get is a fart joke. <laughs> yeah, that should be the least clever line in the episode. Right. Like, that's sure. The, that's the guilty pleasure line. Exactly. Not the exactly. funniest line, hands down. Not even just the funniest, Josh. The best. <laughs> like, it is It is the most cleverly written. <laughs> you know what? I only wrote the plot hole emporium bit because I was like, God damn it. I need something to spice up this episode. No shit. No shit. <laughs> I was like, I can't just say everything that I wrote about the episode. There's nothing other than just vitriol. The lines that we mentioned that are our quotes of the day are for most every fucking episode. Honorable mentions at best. I, I think we need to have ourselves a little recreation of <laughs> <laughs> something that happened in the first episode that y'all still hear every episode what what are we doing why are we watching this <laughs> <laughs> you know except you didn't laugh like that 
That's all right. Oh, I can't. I can't laugh on command. That's all right. <laughs> we. It was close enough. We got it. We got it. We'll fix it in post. Except I won't. <laughs> that sounds like work. All right. This has been another episode of Ale with Angel, everybody. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Beer with Buffy. Like us on Facebook. Check us out at our Facebook group where we post fun memes and shit, or somebody does sometimes. If if you want to buy some handcuffs, horse cocks, and <laughs> whips, all with the Beer with Buffy logo on it, maybe some soap with or a, a branding iron with the Beer with Buffy logo on it, head on over to www.beerwithbuffy.com slash shop. That is all blatant false advertising. <laughs> if you look, it is entirely on you for it not being there. Uh, if you'd like, if you'd prefer to bypass all of that hedonistic horse shit and cocks, <laughs> head straight on over to patreon.com slash beer with Buffy, where you can buy yourself a cat naming perk. We'll name your cat for you. We got a cat naming event coming up next episode. Two weeks. When we review the better of these two shows. That is correct. <laughs> uh, if you're if you're feeling squirrely, review us on iTunes. If you're not feeling squirrely, review us on iTunes. Write nice words. And we will or will not, based upon your request or no request, read it on the air. Because that's how proud we are of praise. Yes. We're very insecure men. I'm not. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can always email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 269-743-0783, just like the ye old quiver, uh, the Crivel wrist, Rister <laughs> Sam, the Madam of Many Monikers. Apparently just gain more. And we'll, if, if you leave a whole spamming of voicemails, we'll hiss at it and ignore it. <laughs> For a solid six months until we eventually just do an omnibus with it. Yeah. And uh, that's how that works. Big shout out to JJ Treadway for all of our opening, closing, and transitional music, whether he wrote it or not. This has been Ale with Angel. I'm Josh. And I'm Rex, who just poured a, a bunch more bourbon because this fucking needs it. Cheers to that. Give me some, too. Okay, thanks. Bye. Something about Keanu Reeves since we're here. Lord and Savior. That's how I go. Yes. Instead of which you enslave yourself to this this cult. You don't like the color? You have a sacred birthright. You were chosen to destroy vampires, not to wave pom poms at people. done why are we watching this <laughs>